we show up early because you show up early. No, wrong show, right. Ryan. Wrong show. Oh. No, they Dang. show up early to this one, too. But is that not why we show up early? No, we're not early. This is the we're show. Always late. We're, we're, we're on precisely there, no when we pre- mean to be. There's no pre-show banter on the pre-show banter show. This whole show is a, just pre-show banter. Oh, and then that's we a good point. Kind of fizzle that's in a, a little point. bit of news, right? So we're not like. There's banter. not going to be a webcast. There's not going to be we're a webcast. Here so you're not to, too early. We're, we're just here to banter and wow. give hot. We're live from Ukrainian prison. Here's John Strand. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Ukrainian prison looks like a Ukrainian sauna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they? They're really sweating you out over there, huh? Yeah. So, Hal, this is where my, my class is going to be for Waldo's Hacking Fest. This is nice. And then, then we're switching to a barn dance and a hoedown. That's right. <laughs> switching? I thought that's the class. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. John will be teaching country line dancing and sock skills. There we go. Are you going to yell at anybody if somebody leaves the door open? Say what do, you, what do you think we are in barn? <laughs> what do you think I am? I am so going to do that. <laughs> what the hell do you think we're? Oh, yeah. sorry, you know, we're good. I noticed the horses are long gone. Oh, you see, he left that barn door open. Who's who's this yeah. guy saying he's Jason? What is this? Wait, I don't think that's Jason. That's is not Jason? Jason. That's not the real Jason. It can't be. Uh, I think it probably. If is. you're I the real Jason, say something that only the real Jason would know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not. A, not on, not on, not on the air. Not on the air. Aboard, <laughs> aboard. No, definitely on the air. The code word I told you. I want you to tell me the code word. <laughs> yes, tell us the code, the official BHIS safe word. Yes, exactly. And then as soon as Wait, we nobody uh, told me the safe word. <laughs> well, as soon as the, it's told publicly, we have to change it. So should we tell them the Sans instructor safe word? No, I mean yes. <laughs> now, yeah, sure. They probably haven't changed it. Hell, he That's just said not. Gavin. That's that's the thing, Jason. We never had a safe word. I know you're lying. Mm, the safe word is not Gavin. <laughs> Try again. Oh, the bear is sticky with. Okay, yeah, the bear is sticky with honey. Now, well, Adam wait. Does Johnston, Jason watch? Oh, man. Adam Johnston is clearly someone from Sands from way back, like a student. Because do you think that's air you're breathing? Do you remember like the like the fifteen? Yeah, like years? that that one. Like Scotus got so wrapped around the ankle on that, uh, on, right. uh, around the axle on that one. I, it, I'm it, like. I, this is pretty straightforward, and I'm not sure why you're hung up on this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ra- Ralph, how was your DefCon experience? It was good. It was busy. Uh, we did uh, five talks, so we did five iterations of our talk. Nice. The same talk five times in just different places. Same talk five times. So for anyone who same hasn't place. gone, yeah, same place. <laughs> for anyone who hasn't gone to DefCon, it's uh, it's wild. There's over thirty thousand people there, so it's a very very big con. Um, and, uh, we did, I did a talk with, uh, Steve and the uh, red team village and it was packed. Like the line to get in was like two hours long. Right. And what they did is they gave out little tokens, um, to come back at a certain time to see it. And so like, you know, we did it, but only a certain amount of people came back that hadn't seen. It. And if you want the slides are live. Yes. Yeah. We have the slides and me and Steve are going to record the de- demo or video of what we did since we got lots of practice and posted on YouTube. And so you can watch it, <laughs> do it all you want. <laughs> and to all the people that came to the booth and said that they listened to the news and enjoy it. I just want to say, I don't know where John Strand is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We love you. Thank you so much con. for listening. Yeah. It, and watching. I've been to so many, like I've been to Vegas for so long. I shouldn't bitch because I'm in the presence of Hal, who's probably spent more time in Vegas than I have. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, John. Really but uh, of course, but, I um, spent more time in the Vegas ER than you have. So <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about strange that. flex. Strange flex. But do they right. have an ER, or do they just like put you in one of those oxygen pods on the strip? Yeah, that's, how, that's, that's level one ER. They're just like, yeah, we we don't we don't really have an ER, but we have uh, Planet Hollywood. Or, well, you know, <laughs> all right, let's roll the finger. Let's get this thing going. Beautiful. All right.
Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Securities talking about news. Today we're going to be talking about millions of records that have been breached because it's uh, Monday. It's Monday, so we have lots of breaches. We're also going to be talking about anti-fascist check and greenpill.com and layoffs because we talk about all the things that people talk about in computer security. Apparently, companies are making money. Apparently, those security companies are doing quite well. And because of it, they need to lay off people. We're also going to be talking about Merlin Post-Exploitation Toolkit. We're going to be talking about teens hacking the Boston subway, but somehow still can't escape Boston. And to discuss all of this, I am joined by my illustrious cast, who is still recovering. Quite a few of us are recovering from last week. A bunch of people went to DEF CON. I stayed at the Sturgis rally, and I decided I'd go back to my roots and go back to grilling burgers for an entire week at the Sturgis rally for bikers which reminded me why I got into computer security in the first place. <laughs> so I'm joined by Ryan. Oh, we got to kill a fly. Got it. Oh, got yep. it. First and time. Boom. Joined by a fly. Right? <laughs> Ryan, who makes us look good, smell good, feel good, all good all the smell time. Good. Wow. All good all yeah, the Ryan, time. can I get some more deodorant, please? Yeah. I'll ship, I'll ship it to you right now. Ship me that Florida grade. He's going to eat it a lot. Give me that Florida grade stuff. Gator musk. And I, we're also joined by Hal. Um, Hal has been someone that's been making me feel stupid for 17 years straight. It's been a really long time. Being a people make me, uh, everyone does. But Wade I think of Hal as the official voice of <laughs> Linux. He, he's uh, like, he's, yeah. when I think like if Linux had like an official narrator, it would just be his voice. I love that. That's not I totally bad. agree. <laughs> I guess. What if we, we could Wade's do like mustache? an audio Linux? Yeah, I'm gonna have, now you. Now you Forced me to like go into this cage match with Stallman and, and Linus and and like you know the, they don't like, want the to be public though they they yeah. don't want their voices being recorded that that's what like, if there that's... was like audio Linux for like that you that just played as you did it you don't see anything it's just audio Linux it's how just reading it like <laughs> yes, Star Trek it's, it's that's like what a I prompt imagined. you yeah, find yeah, yourself prompt. in a room there is yeah. a terminal what do you type oh. and then you have to like <laughs> oh, okay. CD okay, okay. You you've been eaten by a group you know video where it's just a pound prompt and then Hal's voice comes out and says. Pound prop. <laughs> and then you say LS, and then Hal reads you the directory contents. But he doesn't like do very frustrated with the sigh. It's like, oh, God. Don't All worry. Right. With AI, it's easy. We just record like two seconds of this webcast, and then we yeah, can make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> that, that audio that you played of me was spot on. That was really, really good. Um, they had this audio before their talk about how they're the best hackers I've ever met and how they deserve raises and all those things. I mean, I had to seriously think, did I say this? This sounds like something I would Yeah, deep fakes no. are real. Deep fakes all right, are real. Let's get, let's get rolling. I want to jump straight into, um, Hal, since you're on, do you want to talk about the uh, Antifa.se site, AFA yeah. Research Experts Register from the Nordic Resistance Movement's Workshop it's been green-pilled. What do we have here? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, data breaches aren't always bad things, I guess. Um, we, we've got um, the anti-fascist group out of Sweden who uh, took advantage of some rather lax security on one of their uh, local uh, uh, neo-Nazi uh, groups and have been all up in their web business for apparently several years um, and have just recently made available the worldwide customer list of different uh, neo-Nazi and white supremacist groups who've been coming to this uh, Swedish group for literature. And, and basically, they've been tracking all the orders for white supremacist literature and, and who's been paying and what they've been paying and the addresses where the literature has been going to. The and, person uh, writing a book on fascism is like, this is really awkward, but I was... Uh, 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 no, no, no. I was writing a book. See, I was writing a book. Yeah. So um, anyway, so uh, apparently the the anti-fascist group contacted all of the the customers and said, we're about to, to publish this information and apparently gave them some way of opting out. I, I'm not really clear on on what that was. Um, but in any event, uh, there's a big tranche of information that's been uh, 
been spit so you're out. saying that Swedish hackers are nice enough to have an opt out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I don't even get an opt out from Disney. <laughs> I know so, it's like I know it's like a haven of you know liberal politics or whatever. Apparently, they still have fascists, but also they have opt out hackers. Yeah, I, that, that seems very. They, they doxed the uh, the admins of the website, and uh, you know. Anyway, there's a there's a bunch of information out there, and if you're well, in the mood Griffin, to go, it's part Nazis. of GDPR. That's hilarious. Like, yeah, it's part of GDPR. Yeah, we're GDPR yeah. compliant hackers. Yeah, <laughs> we really. We this would be scary that. if someone accidentally signed you up for this, and then you see your name. Up. That was my first thought. Yeah. I was like, oh, scroll down to the U.S. <laughs> what do we got here? Everybody checking their address now in the in the yeah, database. Okay. Oh. The the amount of people is shockingly small. It's more less of a data breach, more of a blog post. But yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, yeah but cool. you know, whatever. Yeah, it even I, tells I mean, you what they want. I mean, would would it, would it make you feel better if there were millions of people all over the world subscribing <laughs> to this nonsense? I mean, it, it no, would I'm make kind of, it seem I'm more like a small amount of information. God, hell, if that was the case, it'd be Facebook. I don't. They know. did nail. <laughs> yeah, they did nail the uh, like having their worst possible picture. Like that's a classic news thing of like, let's pick the most unflattering image of these people. Oh, like they're that. flattering images of these people. I mean, like, yeah, like you know, I mean, who's the most unflattering? Estonia is pretty bad. Finland. Yeah. Finland looks like the, he looks like a techno Viking. Oh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> that the guy, the guy, like one of them, just looks like he's 15. Well, but that dude, you're talking about the one with the goatee. I was he thinking went to about Chicago once. Head. There's, there's one of the guys. He's holding up a banner. I'm pretty sure it says "White Power" because they're not very creative. But I was thinking about shaving my head and just having a beard, and that picture made me realize it's probably a bad idea. This so this reminds me of the subreddit. It's like behold the master race or whatever, and it's like racist people, but they're like really just not living well. Yeah. They, they, you know, like th that's where we're at here with this. It's like yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of self hatred here. Clearly, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, they're not clearly. doing great in life. If you're taking a selfie uh, on your couch with a Chicago shirt and tucking your tie into your top button, you know. Hey, you gotta tuck those ties in to keep it from, you know, getting in your schnitzel, I guess. Getting in the, like, the uh, book shredder that you have there at your fascist rally? Your book I don't know. shredder? Oh no, it's in the book shredder! Oh! We, are, we are very Leading efficient here! We don't burn books anymore! <laughs> we have a cross-cut shredder! It's GDPR compliant! It's GDPR and it's better for the environment, okay? You got All a cross-cutting shredder? What? We yeah. might be fascist, but we have to but still save the, the environment. All oh, the books are eco-friendly as yeah, well. Site where you had to ship things where they like submit profile pic uh, <laughs> just find these people oh my god uh, anyway i bought a t-shirt let's I, talk I, about I don't layoffs. Think these people were, we're doing really great with the opsec john you know so Probably not. <laughs> not speaking of great hey speaking of opsec uh let's talk about secure works and rapid seven. Oh yeah let's talk about it. so this is something that kind of entered my radar at defcon because i got a lot of people coming up to the booth saying Here's my resume. Are you hiring? Are you know a lot of people looking for jobs more more so than I feel like I've seen at previous conventions. Mm -hmm. um, there was yeah, there's some Rapid Seven stuff. There's SecureWorks. There's I think Hacker One. There's a lot of other tech companies as well. So you know SecureWorks, fifteen percent of staff. They never tell you what the staff is. Is it all just the you know is, is it the pen testers? Is it the IT people? I don't know. No, Corey, but, Corey, just for you, man, it's the mid-level managers. <laughs> is it? No, it, is it's it just actually? enough people to frighten you to get back in the office, you you rapscallions, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, people from work for, who work from home are lazy. They're doing drugs. They're having right. sex. They're not working. I'm like, God, I did all of that after. And they're work. taking our know. commercial <laughs> real estate investments. So get back yeah. in the office. Yeah, let's not forget the $400 billion that, you know, New York is missing out on because of, you know, leases and agreements. That has nothing to do with it, Al. Nothing yeah. at all. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I so uh, the one person I talked to that was laid off, and I won't say what company they worked for, but they said they had eight weeks. That's pretty tight. I mean, that's like, uh, that's a pretty short window to find something. So, but, but I want to go back to what was the reasoning behind this? Because I thought that um, Rapid Seven actually did better than expected, right? Yes. Or are they? Is it they did better than expected? But over the years, they've still lost so much VC money. I mean, they're they're. I think that's where I yeah I yeah, I don't know, but that's my guess is that it's based on like the interest rates and also like Ralph and I were talking about this. Like I feel like it's just general 
from the financial side, uncertainty about the future. And people aren't like, but yeah, I mean, it's all comes down to, yeah, 20% growth. Like more people are buying security products as a whole. So maybe it's just, uh, hey, but, you know, we want to tighten up the numbers so, so we can sell you. Their numbers, their numbers are good. They posted 140 million. They're 14% revenue year over year. Um, but I guess in the first three months, still a loss of 67. Yeah, yeah, that was the loss. So they started feeling it and uh, ending in June 30th. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but they're but it's still they're still beating uh, Wall Street expectations, right? Of their revenue, but so. But but here's oh, I, a question I, I have about this too. With all of these different firms, is this a byproduct? And seriously, we have a bunch of people listening. How much of this is a byproduct of like VC money tightening and the entire, because the whole VC thing is, is a complete Ponzi scheme, right? Like the idea is you go through, you get your series A and that person comes in very, very quickly. Let's say they give you $5 million and then series B comes in with a different group of suckers and that series A suckers, they actually get bought out or whatever, or eventually you go IPO and it becomes stock market suckers. Um, how much of this do you think is actually like the entire IT sector is viewed as toxic? So the game of like, you know, the Ponzi scheme is stopping and, you know, whether or not it's stocks, whether or not it's additional series A, B, C, D, or whatever it is, venture capital, Fat Man Will, that's what VC stands for. Is that, do you think that that has something to do with this, that these companies like this money, all of this stuff is slowing down and if, if that's being impacted? It feels well, like this I, has I been think, going think, on since uh, I think Bank. Uh, and I think it's a lot of it's driven by stock market. I think the hedge funders, hedge fund traders right now are pulling back on tech in a huge way. And I think that financial impact is making all the heads of these companies that are publicly offered or publicly trading going, oh, shit, we got to do something to make sure these quarterly numbers stay high. I, th I think, yeah. Yeah. And I also, think I mean, watch the interest rate, right? I mean, so like, you yes. know, our, our yeah. Fed is jacking yeah. interest rates through the roof, which is giving like these v VC companies... Uh, and all their investors, better places to park their money than these, you know, kind of high tech startups. And so, like in 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 the salad days when like interest rates were low and it's, money was essentially free, the push for the VCs was like grow, 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 right? Just like just keep growing, right? And like and your growth curve was a uh, was the measure of of how good your company was doing, right? But now, as as you say, like the VC money wants to go somewhere else where they can maybe get a better return on their investment. And and now they're looking at the actual numbers a little bit more closely, right? And then you're like, I, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like the Ponzi scheme is collapsing. I think it's just more of a stability phase. And I feel that way with a lot of things across the industry, like a lot you know, social media, I feel is entering kind of a stability phase where like it's really fractured now and you've got, you know, Twitter's gone, I guess, not really, but like people are moving on to Mastodon or they're moving on to threads or they're moving on to blue sky or whatever, like it's not like the growth, massive growth phase. It's more of like a stability splintering phase. And I feel like that's where the stock market's at too. It's well, not tanking. Yeah, it's not collapsing, but it's also not like another boom. Do you feel it's like this is like stable. a combination though? Like it's been happening for a while now, right? Like, yeah. I remember John calling this almost like a year ago when I, I want to say that, but it probably was much shorter that one one big company started layoffs and then he's just like it's going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling and well, i wonder if this is the ball slowing down at least a little so bit you forgot right? to mention one critical critical thing and that is uh the pandemic times money was pouring into tech like crazy because yes that's a yes. big factor yeah tech could not hire fast enough to keep keep everything afloat because everybody went virtual right yes that's that circus has stopped everybody's stepping off and going back to their real world and there's there's a glut of of dollars and 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 people in the industry now and so it's correcting back to normal it's normalized oh. i think it's and, and also kind of yeah. I, I also want everybody to kind of like that's listening to kind of take a step back and realize that a lot of these firms are not profitable uh, as as far as cash flow positive they just are um we had a bunch of investors that came out um they were talking about partnering with us uh, on some things, not buying BHIS. So the BHIS people start freaking out. Um, but they were investors and they came out, they were from Japan and they came out and they had spent a week on the East Coast, a week on the West Coast. Then they flew to um, hang out with us for a few days here in South Dakota, which was a really interesting way to close it out. <laughs> but the head guy in the group, one of the things that freaked me out is he said, the only companies that are cash flow positive right now are very large corporations like you're looking at like you know the like your standard 
um, like, you know, rapid seven, I think should have been in that group because they're very, very large. Um, and then service-based companies. So a lot of the companies like Black Hills Information Security or Trusted Sec or companies like that, they're doing fine, right? But they aren't selling a product, right? And they don't have huge research and development and marketing expenditures that they're putting into this and huge sales teams that they're putting into this. And he said that a lot of the firms that they ran into, I think he said something like 98% of the firms that they talked about, they investigated, they researched, they did their portfolios on, were not cash flow positive. And, you know, we kind of talked about the VC thing. We talked about the tech slowdown. We talked about the pandemic ramp up and everything's starting to slow back down. I think all of that is kind of coalescing and we're seeing that. And I do think that there's a little bit like Wade brought up, you know, one company does it and the board of directors are like, what about us? Should we be laying 15% of our workforce? And I, I guess what I'm getting at is I believe that it's a fantastic time to be in computer security. I think it's an absolutely horrible time to be in computer security, working for a company that has a tremendous amount of debt in the form of funding in series A, B, C, or D, or whatever letter you want to go with, because those companies are never going to get cash flow positive, And it's going to get really, really, really ugly. And it already is for a number of firms that do have that VC funding in play, because that exit strategy that you constantly hear, like, what's your exit? And mine is like, F you, I'm not planning on exiting. Why would I do that? But For a ton of these companies, whenever you're talking about an exit strategy, it used to be VC funding, get more series and rounds of buyouts, and then eventually get bought out by a large company like Amazon. Or the other exit was to go IPO. And with Silicon Valley Bank and the VC space closing down, that becomes not a viable exit anymore. And then going to the stock market and becoming IPO I mean, you know, it's bad when Jim Cramer is saying, you know, this whole entire industry is toxic in the IT security industry. That's a bad sign. Not that Jim Cramer is oh, Jim right. Cramer. I mean, <laughs> best bet on the opposite of whatever Jim Cramer says. <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a great time. Yeah. But and- I go back to, I think it's a fantastic time because there's a bunch of companies, like I mentioned, Trusted. Um, I would also put, you know, Canary would be one of those companies that's never taken VC funding. Like if you're in a company that's trying to be very, very principled about your growth, things are going really, really well. You're not, it's going to get really ugly. And I think that job security is going to be a problem across but the board. When you I mean, see the, again, you know, the, the VC push was always like, find a multiplier, right? Like, so like yep. Black Hills is great, right? Like you're, you're a, a professional services business and, and as big as you are, you're still a boutique professional services business. And that's great. You can just make money forever. But from an investment perspective, there's no multiplier there, right? No, and none. that's what yeah, happened yeah. to Mandian, right? Like the, the VC money came in and they said, you guys have got to have a multiplier. So you guys have got to get a turn from a professional services-based company to a product-based company. You know, and we got Mirror and, and we all know how well that went. And, um, you know, but I mean, eventually they, the, their exit was they got bought out by FireEye. And again, we know how well that went. But I mean, that, you know, that was, they, and then Google. they, they teed that up but, and, you know, good for Kevin Mandia and, and, but uh, even with that multiplier, how those products, they, they, you know, finding out over the years doing this and looking at it, a lot of those companies, like what was the other one? Uh, ProtectWise. Do you guys remember ProtectWise? They were basically full packet capture in the cloud. And it was something that was kind of impossible at very large data speeds because of sharding and things like that. But it was a product. It had that multiplier, right? It was a product. Yeah. It had the multiplier, tons of investment, but it wasn't viable right. and it wasn't cash flow positive. So it, it's very, it has very little to do that I found out over the years with whether or not your product is making money or not. It's whether or not you can take that product, somebody invests in your company, and then they can sell somebody else on your product yeah. to dump like yeah. twice the amount of so- money in. And get out fast. I, I right. feel like it used with Mandian, you get bought out by Cisco for you know a quarter of a billion dollars, and yeah, I feel like that. with Mandian, if your if your end result is to get bought out by Google for five point four bill, I think you're doing all right. So whatever they did probably worked, but yeah, but um, that's an exit, right? They got yeah. bought by yeah. that. Now whether or not Google got that return on investment, I honestly don't even know if Google cares. So like, I think what I, John's saying is that when we see the layoffs, that doesn't necessarily mean that the demand or that people don't want that thing, right? Like exactly. It's just, it, you know, I think that's kind of what he said. Because well, the other thing too, I wanted to say about the Rapid Seven one is they actually beat their um, 
uh, expectations. And so the stock rose and then they additionally announced the layoffs and it rose even more. Right. So who was really, yeah. you know, this was like, uh, it, it's I mean, the, the other the, thing you never know, like Ralph and I were yeah. talking about this at DEF CON is like, it could just be a division. Like it could just be like, all right, we're laying off. We're, we're, we're drawing back from Alexa. This is a thing that happened at Amazon. They had like mm -hmm. a division that's like 3000 people work at Alexa or whatever. It's like a huge comp part of the company. And someone has decided we're going to either spin this off or we're rolling it back. There's this division that just goes away. So that's like 15% of Rapid7's workforce could be one division that they just decided isn't profitable or is it like it might not be a corporate thing. Also, to wrap up this discussion, I have a quote from this, uh, the CEO of Costco. Uh, if you effing touch the price of the hot dog, I will kill you. <laughs> so that's basically yeah, where we're at with cybersecurity. Well, and, and we have that all the time. I have people that come in and, you know, they're like, you know what you should do? You should start charging for webcasts. You should totally. <laughs> it's like, you, you do that, I'll kill you. <laughs> if you. If you take away, pay what you can, I will effing kill you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, again, as somebody's pointing out in the chat, though, there are real people who, whose lives are being impacted by this absolutely yeah, dog of nonsense and and uh for, for these people um you know i know that black hills has a lot of resources uh yes and so let, that's a great that's a yeah let's let's segue so what i people came into the booth and they said are you hiring and i said i don't know but i said if you come into our discord it's sixty thousand strong or whatever it's huge and there is a job postings channel and i spoke to multiple people at the con that had hired people from the Black Hills job board and had great results. So if you also, are, also Jason will help you find a job once he comes back. Maybe yeah. job Jason's like a videos YouTube are out video, there. right? Yeah. So look for look for job hunting videos. We've done a number of them uh, by Banjo Crashland, and it isn't just an issue of. And this is this this sucks. There's a lot of times where people are doing amazing things that are the kindness of their heart, and it's great, but it doesn't help. Like here, look at my resume, and I think it's wonderful that people look at people's resumes. But what, what Banjo Crashland or Jason walks through in his video is don't create a resume, create a resume specifically for the job that you're going after at the company you want to go to. And he shows you how you can use their job posting and you can build your resume to tie that up and basically make it so it's a direct one-to-one -one correlation. And everything that he talks about in those videos, it is also applicable if you want to start your own company to actually writing proposals for work. It ties up the same. So yes, I know that we joke about this. I know that it's gallows humor, but for some of us, we've been doing this now for a long, long, long time. We've been through multiple of these cycles. We've seen the same mistakes being made. And yes, we do understand there's a human element associated with it. And yes, we have lots of resources to help people out. Yes. And if you're wondering what the perception is of these layoffs, the layoffs are not perceived by the industry as these are tainted goods. They're, no one's going to hire these people. This is like opportunities for a lot of other companies like Black Hills, that don't typically have oh. opportunities to acquire people from Facebook or Amazon or, or whatever, that this is an opportunity for smaller companies, which, by the way, they're better to work for. Yeah. So, you know, just something to consider. It's not like the rest of the industry is like, well, we're dialing it back. We're like, let's see how we can absorb these people. How, how can well, we go get this talent, you know? And, and we kind of briefly had that conversation. We were talking about the continuous pen testing and how we want to continue to grow continuous pen testing because we do want to continue to hire really great people. Mm -hmm. It's just, once again, we don't take monstrous amounts of VC funding and then ramp we up. We don't, yeah, we don't do huge layoffs because we don't hire 50 people at once. So <laughs> yeah. we don't, like, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Entire when, companies, when, right? Yeah, yeah Microsoft do. famously in 2021 hired 20,000 people. That's like, you know, 20% of their workforce. And then obviously they had to let some of those people go because, I mean, you know, whoever made that decision was maybe doing some weird I, math but i don't know it's just i, do I remember, I remember joining google back in in the early 2000s and uh Ooh, it was in the it was in the flex. auditorium with uh you know 200 300 people and the hr flack comes out to, to start the day and it's like oh small group this week you know and i'm just... <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah it's half well, the workforce small hiring amount i do <laughs> want to address something that was mentioned um just in passing but i want to focus on it there's a belief, unfortunately, whenever somebody gets laid off from a corporation, they get a stench on them and people are like, well, they must suck. If the other company let that person go, they must not be a very good employee. And that's, that's definitely not the case. Uh, with a lot of these layoffs we have seen, and I'd like some of your, like some of the panel to kind of talk about this too. 
over the years, I have seen companies let people go that I'm just like, some of them work for BHIS now. I'm like, mm-hmm. why did they let this person go? They're amazing. Yes. And there's very often there's little rhyme. There's very little reason to it. They got some kind of stupid metric that, you know, maybe some Harvard MBAs came up with that they throw at this stuff. Like billable hours is one of the ones I think is, is just hilarious. They're like, well, these people are most billable. Let's keep them and let's let all of these non-billable people go away. You just let your research staff go. And it, it, it's stupid, but please don't hold this against people in the industry because yeah. there's absolutely no correlation between how good of an employee they are and whether or not they got laid off. No, exactly. I mean, you look at these big yeah. company layoffs and the, you know, the, the order comes down from on high. 10% of every department has to go, right? I'm just like, there's no discrimination, you know? And it's like, of course, good people get, get knocked out, you know? Or so people you do, do... Uh, you, you cat start employees.txt, you sort randomly, <laughs> and then you yeah. tail dash N10. You're like, sorry. <laughs> sorry <guys. laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I would feel better about that if I got laid off. And they said, this is exactly what we did. It just was <laughs> it's random. Know, we took health class. We, we, we learned totally Linux. We class. We, we learned, learned Linux command line. <laughs> and at least you, you can have hit. a little bit of respect for the process that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You looked at your name, rolled a dice. You got a one. I'm sorry. Like, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Hal, if, I wanted to, if, if I wanted to write a bash script for that, where would I go? Do you have any materials that can help? Do you have any classes or webcasts coming up, Hal? Funny you Not should ask. No. Uh, you should come to uh, Wild West Hacking Fest. I'm going to be teaching uh, command line in the pre-conference training. And before and, that, I've got... Uh, Linux forensics coming up in September. So and for the business people, it can be used for business. Yeah. Yes, it can be. I, I also want to point I've out been giving it to business personal, for years now. I mean, yeah, just as a personal, like testimonial, um, anytime I can get the recordings of Hal teaching, I go back and I listen to them because he covers a lot of really, really cool stuff. But my favorite thing that Hal does is off-roading. It, it's basically someone asks a question and he'll answer it, but he'll answer it with a command prompt and just like, just kind of knocking it's stuff like, out. It's like, here, let's just try this out. I don't know. You know, let's, let's just <laughs> give it a go. It's kind of like, and I know Hal can do this too. I've seen Hal do this, but it's kind of like when Joff did his regular expressions webcast where people were just having him change his regular expression on the fly and he was just changing it. It's like black <laughs> magic and yeah. you have to take an opportunity. Hey, hey folks, that. you know, like this is your comfort zone. But this is where the learning is over here, right? So, it's you know, like head, head in this direction. Look, look this way. <laughs> yeah. In this yeah. hard stuff over here. Well, so, no. someone in the chat like called attention to like you know if if you're trying to hold people accountable and implement transparency, that's how you end up on the layoff list. Like, truthfully, there there are many cases where whatever you're doing that got you laid off might be a good thing at a lot of other company like yeah like there, there are yeah so if you did get well, you know but it could also just I wanna, be and i want to give an example i had a friend um that worked at a company and they um uh, they were on like their threat hunting team and every time that they closed out a ticket it was like beautiful like great technical detail full step-by-step explanations thought process the methodology was solid the documentation was solid and they were so good that the other analysts would go through and would like look up their tickets whenever they were doing an analysis and they would they would use that as kind of their learning tool now this naturally meant that this analyst didn't close as many tickets as other analysts in this organization but once again their tickets were the gold standard so this company put this person on a, a performance improvement plan because literally the only metric that they gave a shit about was how many tickets did you close and how long did it take you to close them? And the vast majority of the people that were getting good marks were just like typing in FP, closing the ticket, saying false positive, and then moving on. And this is why blue team statistics are absolutely horrid, right? Like it's not hard to fake blue team statistics. You have to actually look at quality, read stuff, (laughs) and understand what's going on. That sounds like small struggle my entire career. To this day, (laughs) I don't understand why companies get that wrong all the time. I mean- there's no, there's no qualitative measure. It's always been because numbers. the people doing the grading don't right. have the the ability to discriminate, right? Like, the, like they don't know. I mean, so it's yeah, that, that's scary. Non-quality things. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. easier to read te- the text. It, where it's crazy. The people... There was a, there was another comment made in the chat that I think we should um, point out. It was a little while ago, but but relationships matter. And Ooh. that was the nature of the club. That was uh, was that Fat Man Will or White Cyberduck that did that? Uh, Cyberduck. I, I I think it was white cyber. Um, 
But I, I think that's really, really, really important. And I, I will tell you, that's how I got to know John Strand. Um, that's how I got to know uh, some friends. Worst of mistake of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, getting out there and, and um, attending some conferences, uh, it was the times of DerbyCon back then, but um, really, uh, really made a big difference. And so relationships, I think, are a huge part of the industry. But let's, let's also talk a little bit about some of your shitty jobs. Like, you know, you were at that one place between the university and us. Uh -huh. They kind of had those types of statistics that they were running. Um, and that program, that company didn't do well. Like they did their security, it didn't work because they were measuring the wrong thing. There, yeah, I mean, it's like the stock market as a whole. It's all based on human emotion. And it's tough for leadership or executives or investors or whatever to say like, hey, we can't put KPIs on everything. We can't necessarily measure every employee's effectiveness. Like They're like, no, that's not true. We can. KPI, emails per day, plus tickets per hour, plus... <laughs> Right clicks per month. We figured it out. We used AI, SAP. We pay a million dollars for this. Please help. Yeah. yeah. As, as, as Corey swings think, his next golf swing. Well, yeah. I, think that, I think that after a while, you lose sight of things, right? So Hal, Hal and I have been evaluated more than almost any human beings on the planet. <laughs> <our life>. like, <laughs> this is true. And, 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 and years ago, I'm going back to whenever we were on the 10 scale at SANS. It really, really, really felt like, you know, it, like it was an indication of where there's smoke and there's fire. And we had Stephen Northcutt, who was an instructor. And if like a spores dropped or something like that, I remember getting calls from Stephen and he would be like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm trying this. I'm trying this. I'm trying this. And he would give some advice and then he'd be like, hang in there. Right. And it was more of an issue of like, it was to kind of like a barometer of something to check on. But it wasn't the sole scoring objective that was your entire life, right? And it, after a while, it kind of turned into that. And then you started getting people that started gaming the system. You know, they'd be like, oh, you know, yeah. if, you don't, Big time. if you don't score me a perfect five or a perfect 10 that tells the group that I should be fired, so please score me 10s. And, <laughs> and then the management kind of, we lost Stephen Northcutt, the management kind of became this thing where like they started doing a stack ranking where they're like, well, John's clearly a better instructor than this person over here who's teaching a completely different class. It's like comparing <laughs> apples to oranges, right? And that metrics completely messed up that entire system to the point where it almost becomes worthless after a while. So, you know, metrics are important, right? You know, how many tickets do you close is absolutely something that should be tracked by management. How many emails you send, all of that time on tickets that should be tracked, but that shouldn't be the only metric. That you're actually mm -hmm. looking into. I don't know oh, how if you sure. have anything else to add about well, that. Well, I mean, you know, how, well, how it, it, I, I gotta say, you know, if it was me or how, we'd probably write a cron job that was sitting there closing tickets for us in the background. <laughs> Just to make yeah. sure stuff was getting done. Um, you I know, mean, I mean, the, the, you know, the wisest thing that anybody ever said to me is, you know, if you if if you measure things irrationally, what you get is irrational behavior, right? So, mm -hmm. like. If, if, if your metric is, is tickets per day or whatever, I mean, people are naturally going to optimize for whatever you measure. So, so choose your metrics carefully. And I don't know, you know, the other, the other thing I believe in is if you treat people like, like toddlers or you treat people like criminals, you're going to get that kind of behavior at the end of the day. Right. I mean, yes. so, okay. So on that, Hal, I got a question for you, though, yep. talking about treating people like toddlers or criminals and open this up for everybody. Whenever, you know, somebody young intern getting ready to go from college into the wide world, if you're going into these companies, right, if you're going to like a Rapid7 or SecureWorks, and by the way, I mean, I knew we knew the people that kind of started Lurk and SecureWorks. We knew the people that were there at the beginning of Rapid7. A lot of them aren't there or Tenable or whatever these different companies are. You know that whenever it comes to getting the best talent in the industry, people that are looking to work at your company understand that they are nothing more than a cog. They are nothing more than a line in a spreadsheet. The company does not give a shit about mm -hmm. them. And that's going to impact recruitment. It has to, right? Well, it's also so going to impact whether I decide to have three of those jobs at once and just toe the line and be overemployed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that's you know what a lot of people have been saying in the chat and, and here in, in the in the channel the best jobs you're getting are not those jobs right the best jobs that you're going to get are the ones where you make personal relationships 
and you find the companies that don't behave that way towards their employees, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And and in and, and, and every company at the corporate level, at the high level, the CEOs love to be like, "We're one big happy family." I, I can guarantee. Oh yeah. The, the, the minute I hear the minute yeah. I hear the whole family motif, the F I am word like running we, for the fucking door. I'm we like, actually really? changed that because people at BHIS started saying that all the time. They're like, "Oh, it's like family company. It's a family." And we're like, no, Eric and I had it renamed. Uh, I think CJ came up with the idea of a tribe. Yes. If you're not supporting and you're not helpful for the tribe, the tribe is going to leave your ass. Family, um, so. yes. Family is the word that you use when you want to abuse your employee. Family, right. it's, yes. like, it's like, Absolutely. guess what? You can't leave and we have to wake you up every night with socked. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, you you have no and, choice. And, we're just going to, we're a family. Like, you have, yeah. you're, you're here forever. Fam family is keyword for, for unpaid labor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That is exactly Be right. So yeah. Dead Be men will, and we all know BHIS is totally not a cult. We're not, we're not a cult. It's not a cult. No, not we're cult. we're better than that. All right. Hey, so if BHS was a cult, cult, John would be having a lot more sex than he's right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That's a joy. That's a joke uh, that only you can make. So thank you for coming yeah. to the show. Oh, John could have gotten away with that. What about uh, families of products to Dell? What you guys see that Dell phone? Yeah. Take us there. Take us there, Florida man. Let me take you this one. Yeah. So Dell Compellent has hard-coded keys exposed all right so oh yeah, it, this is it, this is classic yeah so dell offers a storage product okay um and so this is uh you can integrate this with vcenter all right so you, with your virtual um virtual environment and what it'll do is it'll provision storage for you for virtual machines okay well what they found is that they were using a hard-coded aes key inside of the configuration manager for this product and the um, privileges that are required for this um, storage product to work is a vCenter administrator. So what happens is, is that once you gain access to this, you can then uh, become a vCenter administrator and then you're, I mean, the, the moon, right? So, uh, what's yeah. The, what's the score on this one? Uh, yeah. I'm trying to open it up right now. It's, it's it, it does require some level of access, so this isn't like totally remote. It, this is an internal pen test type of deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. This so is like uh, next coming soon to a Nessa scan near yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. CVE exactly. ID not found. Not found. That's yeah, <laughs> static ASP. It's seven point eight. I, I wow, make this joke a... every. I make this joke every time, but if you pay them enough, you never get a ten. So it's got to yeah, be probably a nine point nine. <laughs> I, but how does I wonder how old no I mean it's, but it's not is. I mean it's not remote code execution right no it's not and it's like code. nothing no. that no one's going to expose these things except for like five people on Shodan so yeah. <laughs> five. <laughs> five or five hundred uh, yeah. uh, five hundred is probably more accurate within number. five orders of magnitude of five it's fine every IP in my network needs to be public you know that's true speaking of public data. Millions of Americans' health data was stolen after MoveIt hackers targeted IBM. This is kind of a follow-up from the story last week where Colorado Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing, which is responsible for administrating Colorado's healthcare, or sorry, Medicaid program, that had fallen victim to this mass attack. So it looks like they went after IBM. Um, they used application, MoveIt application was used by IBM, which was used by Colorado. Um, so yeah, this has got to be post-X because... Like yeah. I have been, I've been tracking the clop stuff for a while and I've been recently, they posted it. Now it's all torrent based distribution of the files and I've been downloading them. And there is, I mean, it's like four or five terabytes compressed right now. Like it, wow. there's enough data in there. There's going to be some post X. There's going to be some fallout. So I guess like if you were affected by this, please get in touch or make sure you know what was exposed so that you can validate all the creds and data and things that can, or at least as much as you can. So that it can't be used for these kinds of attack because it's just going to keep it's going to be the, you know, forever days on some of this stuff. So but, but this one I wanted to ask, though, it looks like they went after IBM and they got Colorado, they got Missouri, they got Oregon. Um, so, we, you know, the, the old joke of no one ever got fired for hiring IBM. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Those days no are one, long gone. No, one those got days are long gone. In. in the networking space, it was Cisco for a while. Yeah, Cisco. Yeah. yeah. And and with this, um, the, okay. So the one that's kind of bothering me is IBM is a fairly large company. I don't know. You may or may not have heard of it. This is a company that has a security team. I've met them. 
they're a decent security team. Like they're one of the teams that as soon as the move it stuff started like festering, don't don't you think that they should have picked up on this and taken care of this faster? Or am I being too Cobbler's naive? children have no shoes though, right? They're not looking internally. They're looking Oh, that's true. They're looking that's at their true. their paying customers. They're not looking at the other ninety percent of the corporation that's doing skunk works IT with this movement yeah. crap, right? So that uh, doesn't surprise me at all, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it's, might be later on too. Like they might be disclosing this now, but it was like right around the same time. Like they may have not known about the vulnerability because it was being actively exploited before it was disclosed. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. just you know, this is just classic for for a breach like this, right? This kind of rolling, expanding yes. cloud of of crap that just keeps showering down. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna have that a long is, tail. Yeah. yeah, there's a word for this. I can't think of what something storm, <laughs> something hmm. debt. Dead. I, 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 I was thinking clusterfuck, really, but anyway. <laughs> oh, that's it, Joff. This, Joff. This is a family company and a family yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a family show. You got to keep it in like the this, family. I mean, it's been like this for like the twenty-four years I've been in this industry, right? Yep. It, I mean, even way, 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 way back, and not as back as far as Hal, but I'd like to get Hal's take on this too because he's been doing it longer than I have. Like even coming in in 99, 2000 timeframe, people are like, yeah, we got a bunch of legacy systems and people aren't going to touch those or try to secure those. I mean, this has been the same story for that long. And if you're a CISO or a CIO or a CTO or whatever, wouldn't this be like, like this type of tech debt? Like seriously, wouldn't this be one of the first things that you would try to take care of? Like, why are we, why do we continue to see this? Or is it just, there's a rotating group of people in management positions They'll, they're just hoping they can stay there for a short period of time, roll off to another company as quickly as I don't, possible. I, I mean, I, I want Hal's take too, but I, I don't think you can blame the security company or anyone on the security team. It's a zero day. Like, I, I, like with the move it stuff. No, no, no but I'm going to, I'm going, I know it's a zero day, but that, when that move it hit, especially with our customers, like our customers, they knew about it like before the public exploit code was hit and they were shutting things down or were they hit before it was actually. Uh, they were hit. Oh, by the time uh, they found uh, out, their data was already clopped. Yeah, so, like, I, I agree with that. Yeah, like, okay. and keep in mind, like, okay, my take on this, and I, I you know, I, not to like diverge the, the conversation, but like, so okay, the the clop ransomware group made a decision. They had a move at zero day, and they sat down. Well, I mean, I don't know. They probably sat down in the ransomware region of the internet and said, Big "Hey, um, what do you think's more?" worth more money to us disclosing this and getting a payout from Zerodium or whatever or actually running with it and getting x terabytes of data and like seriously like i wonder if they would have like can't do you think they're going to be able to monetize this enough to pay for like how much this exploit would have been worth from you know the government or Zerodium or whoever like i'm genuinely curious like it's bad it's a shitstorm or whatever you want to call it but is it getting them paid probably not like maybe i don't know how many companies are paying them to not have their data posted or if they are like it's all we'll never probably find out unless the fbi decides to gift us that information <laughs> didn't, didn't this all start with just a sequel injection back in no back in... it's a zero day i mean it's like yes and no it was, it was. I thought it was a SQL injection. It's like SQL injection based, part, but it's... This yeah. is the part that really bugs me, because I, I've been doing this with John since 2013, and before that, SQL injection has been around how long? Anybody? Yeah. 30 years? No, like this is a new attack, Joff. You haven't... This is this is totally... Okay, I get you. It's, it's, it, I'm listen, just kidding, Joff. Joff it, you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a, it's a a case for, like, you know, what we do, security testing and all that stuff. I will say, like, the complexity of this is enough that it's not just, like, a trivial SQL inject. Like, it is, but it's, it, you know, I, I guess what I would say is, like, I feel like it's a coin toss whether this would be found on your average pen test or not. Like, I would bet that they were getting pen tests. That's my guess. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe There's probably a massive lawsuit that we'll talk about on the show where they're suing mm -hmm. whoever did their app testing. But, yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a... You're right, though. From a secure design perspective all the marketing materials probably said it was super securely designed and that's why it was used by some of the top companies um okay. you know the wow. a lot of government agencies healthcare etc but at the same time yeah it's sequels going to sequel just, right if 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 there's one remote exploit that gets under my skin it's sequel injection because it's so preventable i mean yeah. e e even in older code bases there are things you can do <laughs> i mean Joff, Joff. Just, 
Rick Rick Deckart said, if a client gets an OWASP top 10 in their report, the report will be delivered in Comic Sans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like, legitimately, though, Joff, like, does it really matter? Let's say it was a epic buffer overflow or, you know, smashing the stack, like, DEF CON level thing where it's super, like, intricate. Does it really make a difference? Like, at the end of the day, like, it's still... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. A zero day is a zero day, right? Like, yeah, that's, I, that's how I feel. Arguments yeah. all the time about, like, if it was a SQL injection vulnerability, like, that's not a real vulnerability because you didn't smash the stack. It's like, oh, God. It's amazing how people, especially in the offensive space, for a long, long, long time, always try to define offensive awesomeness just happened to be in their specific field of expertise, um, which is weird. It's so, like the defense so in depth. Yeah, assume there's a zero day. Just assume yep. it. And then, it, it, like, yeah. don't expose your MFT to the whole internet. That's also a good right. idea. I mean, but, you know, but in like, this case, this is this is an application that has to be exposed to the internet, right? So it's a, a freaking secure well, file sharing application, It depends on the use right? case. It depends on the use case. This goes back to what I was talking about with Joff. It is preventable. I mean, if Moveit had done a basic level security analysis, I'm guessing, more than likely, would have found... Yeah, I don't know. That's, that'll, I, I, I think we'll find out more on that. I think someone will sue someone and we'll, they'll unseal eventually. Like, that's my hope, but I don't know. Anyway. Right. I, yeah. I want to get to a cool story, though, um, that, but speaking of lawsuits. You guys remember back in 2008, that talk that got pulled from DEF CON about um, like adding money to the Meg strip cards for the Boston uh, subway? Yeah. It was a big 2008. deal. 2008? You mean like yep. this? No, no, no. 2008. We're going that far back? And there was like cease and desist, lawsuits, all of these different things back in 2008. And that talk got pulled. Um, I think the slides got leaked online and that was kind of, it was kind of a big deal. 2008 was a great year for computer security. It was awesome. Now they just some new younger hackers decided to go back and look at it, the RFID cards. And they found that a lot of those same types of vulnerabilities still exist in those systems uh, for, for Boston subway cards. Um, the difference between 2008 and now is the Boston Transit Authority didn't threaten to sue. There was no takedown. There was no fighting on this at all. Um, basically, the way the Boston Transit Authority took it was like, eh, we'll take care of it when we upgrade the entire system in 2012. Wow. This, this yeah, is such I, a wholesome it, it, I mean, story. There's, there's actually a lot of really interesting detail here. I mean, um, yeah. it's sort of like a friend of a friend thing. So the, the, the school kids here in 2023 ended up contacting some of the original team that that did the work back in 2008 who introduced them to the security people at the MBTA and so like they made that intro and and were able to kind of have a a much more mutually beneficial conversation about um the vulnerability and and you know what they found and and what they're doing and in fact one of the kids from from the the group here in 2023 says oh yeah the security guy from the MBTA was like a really cool guy you know like like yeah. Oh, okay, that's nice. I mean, so in, in some sense, the MBTAs had realized, you know, like, hey, we're better off engaging with these kids than than making them, you know, and, the but target. Let's also talk about let's talk about the Streisand effect on this, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is a news story that we're going to talk about. A couple more security podcasts, we'll talk about it, and that's it. In two thousand eight, it was national news that they got lawyers involved. They threatened this talk. It was the talk of DefCon. Um, or one of the talks of DEF CON. I mean, we had Dan Kaminsky, we had 08067, we had a bunch of stuff that was yeah. happening in 2000. SSL that was a great school. year. That was a was great, great year. Um, it was a huge year. And that made that actually rose to the top. I think it was on like nightly news. Um, All right, and, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this now that they're working together, it's like, it's, we're, we're not going to talk about it again. So um, wait, hold th- on. It, are we actually having some kind of positive impact in the security space like like is security finally getting through to the people that run programs like this that we're better as friends than foes like is that is this like surprisingly I, I, I mean, wholesome and not, seems to be. I, I feel like we have 10 of the opposite versions of this article but it's so good that we have one version of this article that's like the good ending this is yeah. the good ending like it finally happened I, I think it's great that red teams and blue teams are getting along together. And I want to shoot a hole in that. And let's talk about the Merlin open source exploit post exploitation. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, does anybody oh. else have anything else on Boston? Oh, look, you know, forget the Boston. only thing I'll 
Say MS-0867 was the gift that kept on giving for like a decade after that. I mean, that was just yeah. fabulous. The, the only thing I'll say in closing about Boston is good job on the the kids who did this hack. They uh, actually sit there, sat there and analyzed a buttload of data to reverse engineer the checksumming algorithm that enabled them to basically reprint the uh, the RFID card. So a, a bunch of good work on uh, on their behalf. So uh, wasn't don't, uh, weren't wasn't one of these students they they weren't like all at MIT or anything. No, they no, like they're, a, they're high school kids. It was awesome. High school kids. Yeah. And, and whoever is running the high the security program at their local high school is like we did it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they're putting the, this high school on the map. The, uh, the, their faculty the advisor is teens. probably running for cover, actually. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the the oh, yeah, just don't mention my did... name. Don't mention my name. You know, like, <laughs> running uh, for anyway. cover. Yeah, yeah. Good work. They, they Good were work, at risk kids. teens. Okay, so the Netflix spinoff when they were at risk teens, but then they found Packer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they can they can like <laughs> skate around on rollerblades and and oh, yeah, wait, they have was, like augmented reality. Awesome. I I see the subways vulnerable. Yeah. I think yeah. Jason Blanchard is already working on a comic script mm. right now. He's yeah. like, it's like a sequel of a movie where the kids, what is it? Where the kids, uh, kids are the uh, main characters the main from the original, characters from yeah. the original. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, yeah. that is going to happen. Somebody's going to be like, Hey, that's my first talk at DEF CON. You probably all know my dad. Like it's going <laughs> to happen. Like it, this is going to happen. It's going to be weird. It's, it's just a matter of time. It's, it's just, just a matter, a matter of, of time. Of time. Yeah. Oh, look, Jason w- weighed in. That's awesome. Yeah, Jason uh, said they got started with a complimentary tech attack. <laughs> so, okay, there's two, there, and to, to, ta- to, to segue, there's two stories that John mentioned, both about real threat, or I posted another story. The first one is the Merlin thing, which is, the, the, the theme is attackers using open source tools for real. Um, so the Mer- what what is Merlin? Is it uh, is he a wizard with big sleeves, or is that another... Post-exploitation framework. It's, uh, yeah, post-exploitation C2, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. HTTP3, we got a uh, quick. Gotta love quick. Yeah, it's uh, it's running in Golang. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it does quick. Not SCTP. They can add that in as well. Mm. Um, it looks like a really cool project, but I, I keep on wondering, is this going to start up the debate again of, you know, <laughs> offensive people stop releasing tools to the public? And I, I always come back again and again and again. If the security industry cannot handle tools that are released publicly on github with full source code and <laughs> we are screwed yes yeah that is really funny so and and brian will post the article but i have another article that's very personally relevant to me that's the same thing which is that uh freeze rs or for a rust matt eidelberg's version of freeze rs has been used also by threat actors for xworm malware attack um this is relevant because he's uh you know uh, an old friend and here's the conversation between me and him i see your tool was used by threat actors oh darn that means it's burned and he's like nah it's not burned <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so i guess uh maybe we are screwed <laughs> I, I i think in a lot of ways we are i no, but i think we you know this is kind of one of those questions you know how last is I, I think we are getting better like you know look at 2008 and 2008 was a great year like and I was really deep in offense at that point, right? That was, that was like 98% of my existence. Um, it was a horrible year for the security industry. But if you're looking at like where we were with like, you know, huge worm, we had the Dan Kaminsky attacks, the SSL strip stuff from uh, Marlin Spike. There's just a ton of things. And I remember feeling like everything is horribly broken and it felt bad. I think one of the big differences is now I get the feeling that I know that everything's broken and I'm more okay with it. Uh, than I was back then. But no, as far as communication between red teams and blue teams, I, I think the communication is far better than it's been, I think, at any point in, in the history of this industry so far. Well, I, I, the other thing that's, that's happened in significant um, quantities is, is the, the blue team technology has come leaps and bounds ahead of yeah. where it used to be. You know, I mean, the fact that you can do data analytics on massive amounts of data, you can do user behavioral stuff. You can, I mean, it, it's just a different world from a defense perspective now, uh, which is which is good. Now, is it is it because of what we've done in the community to kind of push on people and say, no, you got to do better, you got to do better? Maybe, maybe not. I don't no, know. Joff, I I think it was like one small thing that we did that you were definitely a huge part of that is whenever we were doing the uh, sacred cash cow tipping. 
you know, whenever we yeah. were going into Symantec and McAfee and we were like, we literally used the exact same technique for four years in a row, elevate your game. I, I, I do think that a lot of vendors, and we've talked with some of them, Silence was one before they got yeah. bought by BlackBerry. Yeah. And initially they were really, really, really like unhappy with us. And we developed a better relationship with them. And I, I do think that things change. Uh, I do. I, I, I do think that we are a small part of that. I also think the MITRE had a large part of that. Yeah. Like literally, here's a taxonomy of a bunch of attacks, folks. And that had never been done before. That taxonomy was a game changer, right? I mean, yeah. that, that really laid out, you know, not only for defense, for offense as well. I mean, the whole thing what, what kind of put a lens on the, whole, on the whole industry, which we were badly in need of. And, uh, you know, as far as our relationships, when we were beating on people, no, they were, they were good in the end because we ended up coming to a place where we were having some productive conversations. Like, you know, there's a reason I, I pounded your product into the ground. All right, let's talk about it. So it's good. Uh, I, think, um, I think we are getting better uh, overall as an industry. I'm, I'm an optimist, though, so. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I say we end on that surprisingly wholesome and positive note because that's not hey, usually that's... how things end. So I say we roll with it. I think that that's a good point. I, I think usually at the end of these shows, we're like, it's just like, well, that's the end of human civilization and we're documenting it. <laughs> it's all burning down. Um, let's be optimistic. Hal, do you have any closing words before we bring up the crooked finger? No, I, I, I like that sentiment. I, I like to believe that, that we're, we're doing better as an industry. So, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm willing to roll with that. Otherwise, otherwise, I have such a dark it. joke. I have otherwise, such a dark waste in my life, and you otherwise know, I mean, we've wasted decades. I, I have. Just, a, I, I, I oh, I, I I have to. Okay, if you want the good ending, just cl click out of this now. But I'm going to make That's this it. dark joke. Oh, if if you live in Boston, I hear Rapid Seven's hiring. All right, fire it. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <get> your finger. <laughs> All right, bring up the finger.